You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Jamie's Log, Progressive, The Harrington's Backyard, Day 4, 2.18 a.m. I've been camping outside the Harrington house for four days now, proving that Progressive has 24-7 protection. Mr. Harrington says I don't need to do this, since Progressive protects 24-7 is a pretty easy concept to grasp, but I'm going to stay and prove my point. Besides, there's a big tree branch over the roof, and I think it's planning something. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Wednesday edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante, and we are going to be taking you through a wide spectrum of Yankees-related topics today that we have culled from the mud. That's right, we're back into the part of the offseason where things aren't actually happening, so we have to rely on projections and prognostications of our own creation. Uh, but it's not all us. The Pakoda projections are out, and they show the Yankees absolutely running away with the American League and the AL East. We will break that down a little bit. Then it's time to think about salary dump trades. Adam Adovino is already gone. Is there anybody else on the Yankees' payroll that they could potentially let loose and benefit from? Honestly, I'm not sure, but there are some people to talk about. We're also going to dive into Aaron Judge's 2021 season, why it's the most pressure-filled of his young career. And we're going to shit on the Red Sox a little bit and talk about the Nick Pavetta hype, which has been overloading folks. Make sure to find us on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do get your podcasts, drop us a five-star review along with the mailbag question. We will be more than happy to answer Thomas Carinante, AKA Tommy's takes on Twitter. How you doing on this Wednesday? I'm good. Wednesday morning. A uh, little discouraged though. <sighs> Super Bowl still not sitting that well with me. Um, but on the one hand, I was told that, after football season officially ends, it's baseball season. And I think the biggest news we got out of Yankee land is that Addison Russ is getting an invite to spring training. <laughs> so where is my news? Where are my big rumors? Where is the response to the Dodgers signing Trevor Bauer? I need something and I will not be patient at all. Yeah, this is it. somehow managed to be the most boring 48 hours of my entire life. I think <laughs> bad Super Bowl. No Yankees news. I was also promised snow on Tuesday. I did not receive it. No it more snow for me. I don't want it. Cold and wet. I do want it. I didn't get it. Uh, but before we dive too deep into the podcast, it is my pleasure to announce that support for the Yanks Go Yard podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools 
for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. And that is why Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Now, Manscaped hooked me up with a product, a bunch of tools and formulations for their perfect package 3.0 kit. They're still on the way. I haven't gotten them yet, and it makes me sad every day the second I sign off the clock. I punch out, right? I take my time card, and then I enter into uh, my tracking number. I'm, I'm refreshing FedEx. I just want to see where my Manscaped is. Hopefully, it's here soon because I would love to test it out. Uh, it's apparently the best ball hair trimmer ever, the Lawnmower 3.0, which is a third-generation trimmer with a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. Currently, I don't have that. I don't have anything approaching skin safe technology. I'm just, I'm in the shower, shaving my balls with the backside of a hammer in the dark. This sounds way easier. I'm extremely excited to get my hands on it. Once again, though, I'm just looking up reviews. I'm asking friends and neighbors what about their experience with Manscaped. Until it arrives, I've just, I'm obsessed with learning the secondhand info, but I cannot wait to absolutely get my hands on all this stuff. Reminder, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with the free shipping at manscaped.com. Make sure to use your code FANSIDED20. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. And Thomas, baseball's balls are getting a little dejuiced. The Yankees 2021 season is going to look a little different. Uh, apparently, we are we're deadening the baseballs a little bit. I'm not sure why we decided to do that now. And it's also an admission of guilt from the commissioner that, oh, by the way, they weren't dead the last couple of years are bad. Uh, but even with the dead in baseballs, people are projecting big things for the Yankees in 21. The Pocota projections say the team, after all of their roster tweaks, whether you believe that they should have gone the big spending route or not, they clearly thought they were the best team in the American League either way. And they prefer to throw nine different rotation options at the wall, hoping five stuck. And guess what? The computer thinks the Yankees are going to win 97 games. They don't think the Rays or Blue Jays are going to get over 86. That's embarrassing. And they don't think any team in the American League is going to approach the Yankees. Does this make you more confident, less confident? Do the computer projections do anything for you? Because there is a high rate of success. Uh, the projected outcomes are largely in the positive end of the spectrum. The, cur the curve looks real good for us. I, I don't, I, I'm not going to, be against it. I, I'm not a, I'm not a huge uh, projections dude because all it takes is one injury and we know how that goes. Uh, even though the Yankees somehow over the last four years have been kind of, even though they they've suffered endless injury. Jamie's log progressive the Harrington's backyard day 11, 4:43 AM. The tent I set up in the Harrington's backyard to prove progressive as 24 seven protection has a rip in it, but a little rain won't stop me. Mrs. Harrington says she totally understands 24 seven protection means 24 seven going to stay a few more days to make sure. It's hailing now. That's fun. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. They've managed to get over the hump and people have stepped up and it's kind of been incredible to watch, uh, you know, the army of players behind these starting guys. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm feeling good. I like... So my favorite thing about projections, because I love just being such a jerk, is looking at who sucks based on the projections. Uh, and you look at Boston, they're projected 80 and 82. And I'm going to oh, no. live, I'm going to live by that. I'm going to live by that until they, they win over 80 games and say, Oh, Pakoda has you assholes under 500 and you're supposed to be better. You made all these cool little additions that you think are going to make your team better. Um, but I, you know what I'm saying? The most surprising for me out of all of this is the twins at 91 and 71. Like what the hell? 
And look at uh, the White Sox behind him. Yeah, the White Sox in third place at 83 and 79. Dude, I don't know. I mean, Yankees 97 and 65. I'll take that all day. Um, I actually saw them and I was like, they don't have the Yankees winning over 100 games when the Rays completely had gotten worse. The Blue Jays have no pitching. The Red Sox are identityless and the Orioles are the Orioles. But who knows? Uh, I'm 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 excited either way. Uh, I'm not going to take these to the bank, but I am going to look back at them and say, yeah, you know what, Boston 80 and 82, and I can't wait for another under 500 season from them. I mean, the best part about the Boston 80 and 82 is if they projected Boston win like 64 games, Red Sox fans would be hyped. They get the number two overall pick. Yeah, they get another course. ace pitcher or whatnot. 80 and 82, you can't do anything with that. It's like, you, no. what am I? I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my Enjoy hands. the 16th like, pick. You're not good. You'll pick 17th. You won't make the playoffs. You won't really be in the mix after August. You're probably going to sell off portions of your team, not the whole team, but somebody who was there on opening day won't be there by the end of the year. His name will be Andrew Benintendi. 80 and 82 is the most boring possible season you could have. And the only reason the Red Sox got off the hook last year for being extremely boring is there was no one to watch the games in the Fenway Park stands. This year, they're not going to be able to duck that. They're not going to be the only team in baseball without a live audience. Uh, so they, the fans will give it to them. Uh, Dave Dabrowski got a lot of garbage for uh, throwing in the towel uh, in 2019 at the deadline. And that team was similarly average. And he was just like, they're not good enough to make the playoffs. I'm trading people uh, and I'm not making any meaningful upgrades. This is going to be the same situation. You're going to have to be thrown in the towel if the projections are correct. Now, who knows? The only team that's projected above the Yankees in all of baseball, the Dodgers, 103 wins. That's a lot of wins, but we all knew that. That's not breaking any news. Dodgers are going to be really good. Yankees should be scared of them if it gets to that point. I think Yankee fans want to win the World Series, obviously, but if you break that American League championship drought and the biggest problem in your way is beating the Dodgers in the World Series, it's not so bad. Um, so now we move on to... The salary dumps, which I do feel like it's pertinent to talk about now. It's been enough time that's passed since the Adam Ottavino trade. That was the obvious uh, person to be jettisoned, right? We all knew that a team like the Yankees that was destined and determined to not go over the $210 million threshold for the luxury tax, the lowest level, by the way, they could pass it if they wanted to, but they don't. Um, we knew that team, that Yankees team, was not going to pay a reliever who was a bounce-back candidate, but not someone who they had any degree of confidence in. They were not going to pay him $9 million. That's the kind of contract you give out if, you know, you're spending. It's, it's quite simple. Adam Adovino to, to man the sixth inning and maybe bounce back and maybe struggle is totally worth $9 million if you have no limit on your spending. But if you're capping yourself, no, you can't really do that. That's not a person who you can retain. Um, so he had to go. Now, that makes you wonder, is there anybody left on the roster who is a worthwhile salary dump and a potential fit for any other team? The answer at first blush is no. Um, it is worth noting, though, that early in the offseason, when the Yankees picked up Zach Britton's option and gave him the extra gear tacked onto the end of it, we were all kind of like, oh, I guess this team is going to be spending because it felt like getting rid of Britton and declining that option was another thing that a spendthrift cheap, cheap team would do. Um, the other move they made right after that, the signal that maybe they were going to spend was picking up Gary Sanchez's money, uh, choosing to tender him a contract for $6.35 million. Now, the only salary dump trade that really makes sense that saves the Yankees enough money to make it worthwhile is a Sanchez deal. Um, I don't think they're going to do anything like that until April and May and potentially June have played themselves out. But if Sanchez's first few months are as bad as his previous few months, couldn't you see them maybe deciding to get that $6 million reinvested somewhere else, trade Sanchez to like the Mariners, a team that's perfectly willing to take a chance 
on a rebounding all-star catcher who has all the tools in the universe. That's the only one that really stood out to me as something that might be worth entertaining because the rest are either too expensive, impossible, too integral to the Yankees, or don't save them enough money like Chad Green and Luis Sessa. Yeah, not not enough there. But yeah, but then you think about Sanchez. I mean, I think he is. I think you're right. I think he's the number one suspect here. But you go three months into the season and he's not doing what you're expecting and you trade him and then, you know, you're looking at a little bit over three million you're cutting. So I think the maximum that you get the maximum value here is if you trade him preseason. We know that's not happening. He's getting one more year to prove himself in the Bronx. And if it doesn't work, I think it could actually make sense for them to trade him at the deadline if he's not performing because it will kind of get that negative media out of the way um because as much as we like gary and want gary to succeed when he's playing really badly that's those are all the headlines you're seeing and i know that we're part of that problem because we're writing about when fans are upset with gary sanchez but look all over new york post new york daily news nj.com the athletic everything will be talking about Gary Sanchez, whether, you know, it, it, and it's not flattering stuff. It's, it could be post-game comments. It could be um, uh, problems with his uh, defense behind the plate. It could be problems with his uh, swings and misses. It could be problems with his situational hitting, whether it's super critical or not. There, there's always something there because a lot of it, a lot is expected of him and he has not delivered on a consistent basis. So I think that, I think forget about the money aspect with Gary for a minute. If he's not performing and you're dealing with this ongoing, who's winning the catcher battle is Higashioka going to be the starter again, come, you know, down the stretch in the postseason, the Yankees could just cut bait and be like, look, we'll save ourselves a few million. We'll get a little bit, something in return, sign a veteran catcher to, to, you know, to split duties with Higashioka and call it a day. But aside from that, there are a couple of other options on here that, that we talked about this morning. Um, I, you're totally right. Super highly unlikely, but you never know what's going to happen in major league baseball. Very unpredictable. People get dealt all the time that you're not expecting. These are dumps for a reason. These are dumps for a reason. And Brian Cashman has surprised us a little bit this offseason. I, I think we all had a feeling Tanaka might not be coming back, but the manner in which he's not coming back, I think is a little bit surprising. And as I mentioned before, a little bit cutthroaty, like kind of a, you know, not not an F you to Tanaka, but it's like, dude, this isn't working for us right now. We got to figure something else out. I'm going with two, you know, high upside, you know, riskier options. Yeah, totally. And totally, uh, you know, his prerog- uh, Brian Cashman's prerogative to do that. He wants to get this team better prepared for October. So anything can happen. But I think the other two options that fans need to be real, uh, need to be cognizant of are, Aaron Hicks, who carries a fairly substantial contract from from a, a, a lengthy standpoint, and Aroldis Chapman, who, despite being a very good top tier, <laughs> unstoppable relief pitcher, has held this team back in the postseason and in super high tense situations when you really need him to come through. I understand his body of work overall as a closer is tremendous, but. It's New York. You can't have these hiccups in the ALCS, in the ALDS. It, it just can't happen. Um, and you look at these contracts, and it's it's not out of the question. A team could look at Aaron Hicks's, you know, nearly $11 million salary for the next, you know, five, six years and be like, hey, you know what? That gives us decent value. The money is going to end up being worth it three years down the road. He's a high OBP guy. We like his, you know, we like, we like his long-term uh, – 
prospects on defense because he's a very good uh, defender. He's an athletic dude. Um, I like Aaron Hicks a lot, but this is this is a very this frees up almost eleven million dollars. And then you look at Chapman's deal. What is what is he making? Sixteen million this year, and he's got a seventeen and a half million luxury tax hit. Yeah, it's like oh. seventeen point four or something. It's significant. Yeah. yeah, and look, we right when the season ended. We didn't just do it for clicks, man. I wrote the Chapman three packages to get roll this Chapman out of New York because fans were fed up. This is not just us. This is a lot of people who don't have that much trust in him. And I know Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone have said otherwise, but I think that there is a shred of doubt among them because how could you have how could you have that much confidence? He no look, we we just saw today or um uh this week that he talked about developing his split finger and uh, throwing his slider more because he's not throwing one Oh five and he's not no longer, he's no longer a differentiated arm compared to, you know, like Kevin cash said, he's got a stable of guys that throw 98 to hundred. Everybody's got these guys. Chapman is pumping that, but he's really no, he, he's no unicorn anymore and he has to adapt. And if he doesn't work out, then Jamie's log progressive, the Harrington's backyard day four two eighteen a.m. I've been camping outside the Harrington house for four days now, proving that Progressive has 24-7 protection. Mr. Harrington says I don't need to do this, since Progressive protects 24-7 is a pretty easy concept to grasp, but I'm going to stay and prove my point. Besides, there's a big tree branch over the roof, and I think it's planning something. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. I think another team would be happy to take on an expensive closer that needs to get over the hump. That's just that. That's what I think. Yeah, there are a lot of Chapmans in the world now, and we'll see what happens to his splitter, but he's no longer the Aroldis Chapman that all the mystique surrounds. Uh, just something to think about, folks. Uh, the Yankees had a chance to get away from Chapman's deal prior to 2020. They decided to re-up it. That's what big spending teams do. Now, all of a sudden, they're not spending anymore. The Yankees almost never extend people before they have to. They extend Aaron Hicks and Luis Severino. Both get hurt. These are the embarrassing things that lead you to a position where you have to consider salary dumps. It's just unfortunate. You wish they worked out, but they haven't entirely worked out. We are going to take a quick break. When we come back, Aaron Judge's make or break 2021 and a little bit of hatred of the Boston Red Sox. Stick around. Welcome back to the Yanks Go Yard podcast. A lot of Yankees are going to be making their hay in 2021. There are a couple people that have to show out in ways they have not shown out in recent years. Someone who has a lot of pressure on his shoulders, who it, you will certainly start to hear this escalate by the time you get closer to opening day. But Aaron Judge's pressure is tremendous this season. Now, he is a major league superstar. He is a top 10 player in the game of baseball. When active, he is one of the most effective options that anybody has on either side of the ball. Incredible defender, cannon arm, power bat, and consistent hitter and on-base threat. He's everything you could possibly, possibly want out of a baseball player, except for the fact that he doesn't play baseball every day or even the vast majority of days. He has not played over 140 games since his rookie year in 2017. And in that year, he spent about a month and a half with his shoulder deteriorating after the home run derby. There were plenty of games he played that year where he was not all caps Aaron Judge. So he's been the Yankees de facto future captain since 2017, since that homer barrage. But well, since then, he has suffered freak injuries. He has suffered muscular maladies. And he's now clearly desperate enough that he is trying yoga along with Giancarlo Stanton and new methods of stretching to get himself right for 2021. Why is he doing that? Because he now only has two years left before free agency, and he is the kind of player who should be commanding Mookie Betts money. 
And based on the way the Yankees have budgeted and the fact that they need to set aside money for Glaber Torres and another Luis Severino deal down the pike, probably, and more pitching help and a number of other internal extensions like Clint Frazier and rising arbitration costs, the Yankees are not going to pay Aaron Judge $400 million if he can't prove that he can play 140 games in a season. And this is before he even gets much older and starts to quote unquote break down traditionally. This is a huge year for Judge with so much money on the books elsewhere, Cole, Stanton, and the fact that the team, luckily they no longer have to prioritize Gary Sanchez money, probably, which was a problem they had in the past. But there's a lot of money that needs to go around to a lot of places. And 300 plus million of it should go to Aaron Judge if he can stay on the field, which whether it be by freak injuries or whether it be by muscle problems, he has not done in recent years. This is the most pressure he's ever faced. I agree. And you were being generous by giving him the 140 number. Uh, he hasn't yeah, played being more, a nice guy. Yeah. He hasn't played more than 112 games in a season since his 2017 campaign, 242 games played out of a possible 384 over the past three seasons. I don't want this to be a discussion. This is the worst thing that I have to talk about. I want Aaron judge on my team forever and ever, but this is not my business decision to make. And we know the Yankees are being more financially conscious as, as the years go by and it's pissing everybody off, but this is the reality we have to live by. We're not going to be Red Sox fans. And we're not going to cheer that our team is cutting payroll and cheer that our team is going after the, the, the low budget options because it's cool and smart. We're not happy about it. We've been very critical of the front office for, you know, putting in, uh, putting forth all these austerity measures after they had gotten themselves into this mess with acquiring a guy like Stanton, not saying I don't want Giancarlo Stanton, but you can't go out and make all these additions and then say, Oh, we're done. We're going to waste Garrett Cole prime years and we're not going to add more to the rotation. And we're going to let Masahiro Tanaka go. And uh, you know, we're going to keep Aaron judge in the dark about his contract extension. It's not fun. We don't want to deal with it, but you're right. We saw Brian Hoke. He had a mailbag question last week about what's going on with Aaron judge. And if an extension is, you know, on the horizon in the works, whatever, and he said that there's been nothing and that the Yankees still want to see more, or that's at least under his impression. And he's very, he's got his finger on the pulse of the team. He's very close um, to all of the, the, the inner chatter. So I believe what he has to say. And as a fan, you have to probably understand that that's their thought process. Like we said, 242 games over the last three years. That's not enough. I, I understand last year was shortened, but guess what? He still missed 32 games out of a possible 60. He missed the majority of the season. Um, And it sucks because all it's going to take is one bullshit freak injury. And it's kind of going to turn the tides and, and, and steer the conversation in the wrong direction. Thankfully we're not there yet, but we are at a bit of a crossroads. This is the crossroads where he needs to have a good year this year and a full, and at least probably 140 games. I think that's a fair number. And then, this kind of goes away and then the pressure will be on again in 2022, but it won't be as it won't be as, you know, uh, heavy on his shoulders, uh, so to speak, uh, because he would have gotten a very crucial year under his belt in 2021 if he's able to stay healthy. But it's just you look at this guy's stats and when he's on the field, dude, he's 272 average, 948 OPS for his career. He should have won the MVP that year. He's got 119 bombs and 268 RBIs and 424 career games. Like, and he plays tremendous defense. He really does play gold glove caliber defense. And you, this is the guy you want as the captain. Every time he's talking to the media, perfect, everything, perfect responses, tremendous attitude, 
always candid, uh, always has the right things to say, even if you think he might not be being candid. He dances around. He doesn't dance around, but he has he always has the the fitting response for controversial questions um, that are hurled his way. So he's in all these Jersey Mike's commercial, dude, embodying New York right off the bat. So this is a guy that we would love to have in New York for the rest of his career. But you're right. This is not going to be a $300 million. This is not even going to be a $250 million deal. If, if he has another season, like, you know, say 2018 or 2019, it's just, that's just the facts that those are just the facts. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's a classic 280, 410 OBP hitter with, with 45 home run power. Yeah. Those don't grow on trees. And they're the kind of people you pay for their age, 35 to 38 seasons, because you want to make sure you get 30 to 35. Like mm-hmm. you, you pay now and ask questions later. Um, you thought that Tanaka stuff was weird and kind of contentious. You thought the Dylan Batanzas conversation was contentious oh, God, a few yeah. years ago. If Judge can't stay healthy this year and next year, or at least this year or next year, that's going to be one of the most uncomfortable free agency cycles ever. And ever. we don't want it. We'd rather just be great and extremely comfortable. Um, now, listen to us talking about billionaires' problems, how much money to pay Aaron Judge, what he needs to prove to the quadrillionaires who own yachts, who control his future, all that good stuff. That's why it's good to be a fan of the New York Yankees, because you do get to talk about what goes into Aaron Judge's mega contract and what he has to prove to earn it. At this point, that used to be the world of the Boston Red Sox fans. They used to be able to go, oh, what absolutely behemoth slugger are we willing to pay $300 million this year? Hmm, who's the top pitcher on the free agent market? And does he want to go anywhere else? Does he enjoy cramped spaces and tiny clubhouses? Well, then he should come to Fenway for our requisite $150 million. They paid everybody. They paid John Lackey. They paid Mike Cameron. They're, for like a decade, they willingly paid all people who, who might potentially be helpful. Now the Boston media would like you to uh, embrace the rays of it all. Uh, they want to start uh, started early. They want you to get on board for acquisitions like Nick Pavetta, who has been bad everywhere he has ever played. And they want to make you think he is the next great, uh, next great hope. So with that in mind, it is time to cue the sting. Cue that hate update. You're now listening to Thomas and Adam b- 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 blasting the Boston Red Sox. This is the hate update. The Boston media has gone into overdrive this week, trying to make you think that Nick Pavetta, who once again, we cannot stress this enough, has been bad every season. He's constantly terrible. His ERA and FIP, both bad underlying factors that actually appear on the field are extremely bad. And yet, and yet this week, it leaked that the Red Sox, uh, were being chased by the Rays in their pursuit of Pavetta. The Rays were apparently trying to steal him from the Phillies. This might be an all-time steal, and the next Tyler Glass now, or it might be a tall and bad pitcher. What say you? I just I don't get it. it it's re- it really frustrates me. This deal happened last year, if you if you guys remember correctly, and immediately they got praise because Heim Bloom, who's running, who's general manager of the Boston Red Sox, was formerly of the Rays, and you would guess. You know, he he was instrumental in plucking these guys from uh, out from out from nowhere and building a team in Tampa with a shoestring budget. And but guess what, guys, that is not who the Boston Red Sox are. That's why we get mad at the Yankees when they try to pull this stuff. The Yankees cannot be making raise moves. They already tried to do that in game two of the ALDS. If you remember very clearly what they did there, it didn't work. Uh, among other things, they try to make, you know, the, you see Cashman try to make these shrewd trades and he does, but at the end of the day, you can only do that so much that cannot be your identity. Your identity is a big market team with billions of dollars and fans filling the seats every night. 
This is not downtrodden Tampa where Tropicana Field is falling into the water and Dick Vitale is the only guy in the stands cheering you on every single game. This is New York. This is Boston. So I'm sick of hearing this Nick Pavetta chatter. And for some reason, for some reason, it's making headlines this the last couple of days. You go to Google, you type in Red Sox, you don't even get Red Sox moves, you get Nick, uh, Red Sox news, you get Nick Pavetta stuff. How, here are some headlines. Why Nick Pavetta might be the Red Sox secret weapon. Red Sox, Nick Pavetta's appealing upside draws comparisons to Tyler Glass now. Tyler Glass now, by the way, who has a 4.43 career ERA, and he's had one good year with the Rays in which it was 12 starts back in 2019 before an oblique injury pretty much derailed everything. Then you got MLB rumors, Reds, uh, Rays tried hard to beat Heim, Bloom, and Red Sox and Nick Pavetta trade, and I think that is what gave way to all this BS because it's like, oh, man, the Rays were in on him. What does that mean? That means he must be really good. No, it means that Pavetta has upside, and I think we're willing to admit that. He he, he has not been good. I think uh, that that's pretty much clear, but you look that each year he, he has like, you know, probably six really bad starts that destroy his ERA. I went through his actually debut year. He had like eight or nine quality starts, which is pretty good. Um, Pavetta has upside and that's who the Rays look for. They look for cheap, high upside guys that they can coach and mold and make into quality players because they don't want to spend money on guys who have already proven themselves or have a track record or who cost more because that's not, that's not what they want to do. They're a cheap organization with, terrible fan attendance. And this is what they have to work with. The Yankees and Red Sox don't have to work with this. So I don't need to hear about Nick Pavetta and his career 5.40 ERA and 1.43 whip being some sort of revelation for the Red Sox. He's got a 21 and 30 record. Look, I know he was in pitching hell. The Phillies organization is pitching hell. Nobody succeeds there. You saw Jake Arrieta go there a few years ago. I know Aaron Noel has kind of, you know, beaten that, uh, uh, I guess, narrative uh, to death because he's so good. But any player they bring in, they don't have the proper coaching or grooming or development to make them any better. It's uh, grooming. It's, it's Manscaped. <laughs> Manscaped 3.0. Here we go. Uh, Nick Pavetta would be a great candidate for that. But seriously, um, I don't understand how every time now the Rays, like the Rays were connected to Jamison Tyone. We already knew that they would be because he's cheap. He has high upside. I don't need I don't need the Rays fucking approval or or the media's stamp of approval because the Rays were also in on this guy. Why would the Rays not be in on a guy who is cheap and who is whose stock is plummeting? That's the perfect guy for the Rays to acquire because it costs them nothing. And it's after they've hit rock bottom, the only way to go is up. So and, and even funnier, just to bring in this one, Red Sox fans are all of a sudden, we talked about this before, all of a sudden, why why we love the Garrett Richards signing. Why do you love it? Because that's another chronically injured pitcher who got $1 million less than Corey Kluber, who you said was too expensive when you lost out on the sweepstakes. So it's just, it never ends. I, I'm done hearing about it. And uh, the Red Sox, once again, Red Sox fans, you bought, this is the difference between Red Sox and Yankee fans. The Yankee fans are not buying into the analytics driven front office that the Yankees are, you know, moving towards, not that we want to ignore analytics, but we're not operating on, uh, you know, a, uh, a happy meal budget like the Rays are and have to make these kinds of concessions. Tickets are expensive in New York and Boston. Beers are $25 in New York and Boston. We are paying the money. We want to see the product, a shrewd trade here and there that uh, gets us a guy who is, you know, high upside and doesn't cost a whole lot. Sure. That's not our identity. The Yankees fans will not accept that identity. However, Red Sox fans, because they lack identity and a moral compass, 
are accepting this identity. And now this is the bullshit that we have to read on the Internet. Yeah, the Rays were in on him is the new best shape of his life. Like it's spring yeah, training yeah. season, so it's time it's time to look at your entire roster and be like, which one of these random guys who are non-roster invitees were the Rays also in on? Let's feed that narrative to everybody. Let's let's give them the chow. Let's give the fans their, you know, their muck. And they tried to do it to the Yankees, like you said. When we got Tyone, when we got Kluber, everybody leaked the things that were like, you know, the Rays were also hot after the trail here. And every Yankee fan was still like yeah, would have rather had Trevor Bauer, though. Um, and Red Sox fans are instead uh, taking it as as gospel that Nick Pavetta... And by the way, how many articles do we need about the Red Sox five-starter? I'm sorry. He's in a five-starter competition. I hope he fucking wins it. But I really do not need to... I don't need a thousand fantasy previews on the unsung joy of Nick Pavetta, who is definitely going to go 10-9 and nine with a 4.64 ERA this year. Cool. Interesting. Great. Fine. Don't need to read anything more about it. Uh, not going to pitch in the playoffs this year. If he does... Listen up, Ohio, because this is a test from Pepsi. If you call C-Bus C-Town, you're not from Ohio. If you don't know the Blue Jackets actually have a fifth line, you're not from Ohio. And if you don't know what to say when someone yells OH, you're not from Ohio. We know this because at Pepsi, we are from Ohio. In fact, we bottle ice-cold Pepsi right here in C-Bus. So when you're thirsty for something that says you're from here and proud of it, grab a Pepsi and say here's to OHIO, where Pepsi and life are oh so refreshing. Uh, you know, and I'm not going to make any declarations because every time I do that, I have to eat a hat or something, but I'm not interested in Nick Pavetta. We don't really need to aggregate all the Nick Pavetta stories in the world. That is it for the hate update. That's also it for this edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do get your podcasts. Make sure to drop us a line and a five-star review in your mailbag questions in your review, it'd be very nice to read them. We'd be more than happy to answer them because, guys, not a lot is happening right now. Until next time, I'm Adam Weiner. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weiner. And I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. And also, while you're at it, please head on over to yanksgoyard.com. Hit us up on the official Yard Twitter account at FS. We're here to talk. We're here to chat. We want to hear what you got to say. And until then, we'll see you on Pizza Friday. Woo! Enjoy. Jamie's Log. Progressive. The Harrington's Backyard. Day 11, 4.43 a.m. The tent I set up in the Harrington's Backyard to prove Progressive has 24-7 protection has a rip in it. But a little rain won't stop me. Mrs. Harrington says she totally understands 24-7 protection means 24-7. Gonna stay a few more days to make sure. It's hailing now. That's fun. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection. Just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.